G'day Footyology listeners, Roko here. Enjoy our podcast? Well, you can become an official Footyology podcast supporter simply by using the supporter feature through ACAST. There's no subscription or regular commitment, just the sheer satisfaction that comes with knowing you've kept the debt collectors from our door. No, just kidding. It does help though. If you want to get started, you just need to follow the support this show link in the show description. Thanks again. And now let's get on with it. G'day everyone, welcome to Footyology Final Siren after another cracking Friday night game. No, I jest. It wasn't a cracking Friday night game. Certainly an emphatic win to Essendon over Adelaide and a pretty dismal night for the Crows. They in fact recorded their lowest ever score in 30 seasons of AFL football. Uh, shocking night for them, to be honest, and a final margin of 63 points. So Essendon hanging in there in terms of the final eight and Adelaide, well, like I said, uh, the only way is up. Uh, They have made some gains this year, so uh, good discussion point for any Crows fans who have decided not to slip their wrists and jumped on here instead for a bit of a debrief. Tell us what you think is going on with your side, where they're at, how much work they still have to do. Bomber fans, how impressed were you with that performance and the year overall? Uh, Any observations about the game? And in fact, any observations of any kind about football and perhaps even other stuff later on if we get desperate. But a lot to get through first, as I say. Very good evening to my Footyology Final Siren co-host, Mark Fine. Uh, well, let's not uh, let's not sugarcoat it. Finey was a bit of a crapola game. Let's be honest. I was watching with some family members who aren't devoted football fans, Row, and we were speculating that if Australian rules football had just been invented, and Friday night was a reality show where football codes from around the world were showing their wares, they wouldn't be invited back. They'd be out in the first round. They weren't scaling Mount Midoriana with that game. And I feel a bit for Essendon because they actually dispatched Adelaide like a top four team. They, they never got out of first gear, really, and they annihilated them. But with Essendon returning to Friday night football, they probably would have liked to and could have stuck their teeth into a meteor opponent, couldn't they? Yeah, well, I, I, sort of, I almost thought towards the end, Adelaide almost sort of dragged Essendon down to their level a bit in that Essendon just got a mm. little bit sloppy well they were a bit sloppy anyway I've got to admit you know like I do follow Essendon for those unaware I I can't remember the last time my team's won by as much and I've found it as unsatisfying really I mean not that they they were bad I mean they certainly did what they needed to win but boy you should be sorry Rob I've got to jump in you should be very satisfied with that back line now I mean not just satisfied absolutely um have, not only have faith in them, absolutely comfortable with the fact that that is a, a unit of high quality. Uh, I, I thought they even outdated expectations tonight with Redmond joining in as, as a huge improver in 2021. Oh, yeah. No, look, don't get me wrong. I think the season's it's been a, a terrific season for Essendon comparatively. Um, and, and the back line almost the key to it. And I guess the greater consistency of the midfield forward line still an issue. Um, 
geez, Kyle Hooker, if he was a racehorse, they'd just about be bringing the screen out at the moment. He just he looks old and tired yep. and, and sore. So I, I was a bit surprised he wasn't rested for this week, to be honest. But, um, yeah, look, there, there, there's been some great mate, uh, gains made by the club this season, absolutely. And, uh, you know, where, again, I keep saying this, but uh, whether they make finals or not, I really don't think that is... Um, a barometer of how successful a season it's been. You know, I, I, in some ways, I'd almost prefer they missed out than get in and get smashed, which would sort of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, dampen the uh, dampen the ledger a bit because um, the, the gains have been quite obvious. Anyway, look, uh, all that on the agenda. Anything you want to talk about, we'll throw it open. Jump on and get your questions in. We've got a few, but it's uh, it's a bit slow going, so... If you've had trouble before getting a question uh, asked or answered or commented on, uh, now's your chance because uh, we've only got a few there at the moment. In the meantime, let's go through the details of tonight, starting with the quarter-by-quarter scores. And uh, they showed that the Crows only two behinds to quarter time. The Bombers, inaccurate, could have had a much bigger lead a lot earlier than they did, 2-5-17 at that first break. Uh, found their radar a bit better in the second quarter. Four goals to just one to the Crows. And one what goal do you mean for just a... one? That's as good as they go. That, that was their equal <laughs> best quarter. Well, true. Uh, one goal, <laughs> one for the quarter. No, in fact, the third term, at, uh, Adelaide managed one goal, four. So that was, in fact, their, their best <laughs> quarter. Uh, it's a dismal scoreline. Three-quarter time, it was up to 9-12 to 2-7. And then the final scores, Essendon adding 2-6 in the last quarter. So probably could have been close to a 100-point win if they had their kicking boots on. The final scores, 11-18-84, 63-point margin over Adelaide, 2-9-21. The goal kickers and best for the Bombers. Just the one multiple goal kicker in that tally, and that was three to Archie Perkins, who uh, I think, fair to say, probably played his best game for the club tonight. Could be a rising star nomination, perhaps, out of that, depending, of of course, on other performances this weekend. But very lively, up forward, kicked a lovely check side snap in general play. That was his third goal. Singles to Hooker, Stringer, Wright, Waterman, Jones, McDonald, Tippenwoody, Snelling and Wright. And for the Crows... Rowan, because Wright kicked a goal and then another goal, I reckon he's a multiple goal kicker. What was the other goal? You've got him down for two singles. He kicked two. Oh, have I really? I stuffed yeah. the scores up. I did too. <laughs> That's all right. Damn it. It's the first he's, time I've done that all year. You didn't have to bring su- it to everyone's attention. He surprised um, you. <laughs> okay. And uh, for the Crows, well, just two goal kickers. Uh, couldn't get them wrong. Schonberg and <laughs> Murphy. The best, as voted by you, Fiony, Redmond. Merritt, Ridley, Hind, Perkins, Wright. Um, I would say apologies to Laverde, who I thought was terrific in defence. And I thought McDonald, Tip and Wordy was pretty instrumental up forward as well. So I would have snuck them in, I think. Um, and for the Crows, Schomburg, good tagging job on Darcy Parrish, kept him comparatively quiet. Laird, Seedsman, Kelly, Smith and Keys rounding it out for the Crows. All right, people, what do you think of those best? Get your comments in. We've got plenty now, so let's start zipping through them. 
David Haley says, that was the worst game of football I've seen in a long time on a Friday night. So bad I turned off and watched the Foo Fighters in Madison Square Gardens a few weeks back. Check it out, Rowan. Uh, I think I have, David, actually. It rings a bell, that one. Uh, I've certainly seen their gig in uh, Hyde Park from 2009 or 10 or whenever it was. Uh, Don Rusco, are the Don's flat track boys or just young? Against the top eight, we really buckle. Uh, well, I think it's the latter, Don. Um, I mean, finally, I, I'll get your comment on this, but watching Port Adelaide, Melbourne last night, I, I tweeted something similar, which is, you know, everyone's sort of going, well, Port can't beat the top sides and routinely beat the sides beneath them. And, you know, I had a good look at, at Port last night and I thought, well, you know, their defence is handy and their forward line, I think they're fourth for points scored and they're fourth for fewest points conceded. Their midfield is okay, but you know, sometimes as a collective, you're just not as good as the teams above you. And I think that's about where they're at. Uh, and, and drawing the analogy with Essendon, I think this is where Essendon's at. We've seen that they're a little bit short of the mark up against Melbourne and Geelong the last two weeks. But, uh, you know, aspiring good sides are able to deal with inferior opposition. And then over the last 10 years, that has routinely been a a problem for the Bombers, you know, giving up games that they shouldn't. I don't think that's happened this year. In fact, unless there's one I'm not thinking of, you know, they've lost to to Brisbane, to Port. They lost to Sydney by a kick, GWS by a kick. Um, someone else they lost to by a kick. But, you know, there haven't been any shockers against teams they are expected to beat. So I think from that perspective, the trajectory is definitely up. In building a team that is going to play finals, win finals, top four, and have an assault on the flag, I can assure you, who sent that SMS in? It was a good SMS, good discussion, good uh, fodder. Don, Don Rusco. Yeah, so Don, the first thing that a coach and a coaching staff will want to guarantee is beating the teams underneath you. Um, because you can't build on your, your form if you're dropping games to inferior opposition, even if you pick them up by surprising teams above you. You, you, you plant yourself in, on the ladder and don't go lower by putting away bad teams. So it's not flat track bully. That's a silly... I, I'm not having go with you. That's a silly term, flat track bully. Um, there's nothing flat track about coming out and dispatching Adelaide with a plom. It's the same team that beat Melbourne this year, Adelaide. I know it was earlier. I know it was with Walker. But the fact remains, Essendon have... It shows a sign of absolute maturity, I believe. And I said they put them away like a finals or top four team. It's a sign of maturity that this team that was so flaky last year, Essendon, super flaky, is a bankable commodity. That's how you get into finals in years to come. They haven't had that consistency for a long time, no doubt about that. Nicholas Devereux says, agreed, Roko, it was hard to watch. Umpires looked after us too. Backline were thumbs up. It's my bent thumb. I've got a weird-shaped thumb. That is uh, weird. It is weird. <laughs> it's almost double-jointed. You didn't show me that <laughs> when we started out on this venture together. That's I didn't was... know you had... I didn't know you weren't perfect. I didn't do that. Let's not flick the switch to Waterville quite yet. Um, Bo Kelly says, Leroy, speaking about Vaudeville, Leroy Jones says, Frampton looked good early but didn't come alive. 
And for anyone 50 or older, that is a reference to Peter Frampton or Frampton Comes Alive, a big uh, live double album from 1976 featuring the far too frequently played Show Me The Way. Um, Bo Peter Kelly, Frampton. Oh, overrated crap. Peter or Billy? Peter. Well, Billy's got some major kicking issues. Yeah, uh, I mean, Billy's, Billy's a such a long-term project that you need a few seasons to get him right because, he, you know, he's attacked. I'll tell you what, he's, bet, he's not as easily moved around as he was early doors, so maybe there is a spot for him in footy. It's interesting you say early doors. So someone was, I was having a discussion with someone. What does that actually mean, early doors? Anyway. Uh, Bo Kelly says, at the game, not sure what it looked like on TV. Yeah, pretty dire. Um, uh, can I ask Bo Kelly a question? Well, yeah, I don't know if you can answer immediately, but yep, go on. My theory is that actually the coldest ground in football since Waverley, and almost as cold as Waverley, is Marvel on a really cold night. No, that's true. Yeah, Actually, the worst, yeah, it's like living in a fridge. I want to know how cold it was there tonight. Well, you could see the sort of foggy, you know, a little bit of foggy, misty stuff early on, couldn't you? And I thought, what's that about? And then I realised the um, the roof was open. So, look, maybe some of the sloppy ball handling was a you know was a bit of dewy stuff going on there. Uh, Simon McNabb says, "Who's coaching the forwards at Essendon? And if they had good structure, imagine the scoreline, second highest scoring team." This year, I don't know. Like, I don't know that the structure itself was poor. I think it's more about the personnel. You know, you've got Jones, a very raw key forward. Kyle Hooker looks like he he needs a spell before his spring campaign. Um, certainly, be running the sprints. It won't be running the sprints. Um, and Peter Wright, yeah, he's, he's frustrating, isn't he? Two meter Peter. Although he was okay tonight, but I thought he was good. Doesn't doesn't hold enough of his marks, I don't reckon. Um, I, that structure, I mean, honestly, all teams sort of structure up roughly the same. It's how the ball is delivered into inside fifty. What 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 is the suggestion that Essendon could score twenty goals a week, except the forwards all huddle together around the behind post and don't leave there? You know, that they only they they look like any other team, don't they? Structurally. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and look, given that the forward line has looked and certainly looked pretty impotent last week, the fact that they have scored so consistently, well, we're certainly getting more from uh, out of the midfielders, I think. You know, Merritt's kicked more, Parrish uh, has kicked plenty of goals this year. You've got guys, probably got more guys operating as forwards, mids, uh, Langford, Stringer, uh, yep. et cetera. So they've got more goal sources now, and the goals tonight sort of underline that, don't they? You've got two multiple goal kickers, and then uh, how many? Oh, I'm not even going to that up. Seven single goal kickers. But it, it's actually a really good point because when you've got a player like Stringer who has the capability of being a five goal kick, five goals in a game, which in the modern form of football is a huge, a really big bag, then your forwards really just need to be good contributing forwards that can hit the scoreboard one or two goals a week. That's enough in the modern game, isn't it? When you've got a really big power midfielder, that's how Richmond pretty much function. Oh, oh and the Bulldogs too. I mean, you've got, you know, Bontempelli's a yes. great example of a 
yep. a midfielder and, who now is a, a routinely a goal scorer. Yeah, and Dunkley when he, at the start of the season when he was in. Yeah. Uh, let's keep zipping through. Jared Smith, Adelaide, probably lucky the margin wasn't triple digits. Probably Perkins' best game so far. Agreed. David that last Smith. quarter was so slack by Essendon. If they had killer in them, they really could have actually made it a 100-point victory in the last 20 minutes. You know, they just... I think yeah, they well, just... Well, 11-18 you know, didn't help either. Uh, David, however, Bombers' young guns, very impressive, and they've built their midfield depth. Well, I guess when you're looking at upside, I mean, you're looking at a midfield that's functioned pretty well this year, but lately hasn't had McGrath, hasn't had Shield basically all year, hasn't had Caldwell basically all year. So um, throw them into the mix, and then you start getting more flexibility with what you do with players. I'll tell you one guy, you know, I know he's become a bit of a whipping boy, but one guy who, when those players I just mentioned come back, his place on the side is going to be in jeopardy, and that's Devin Smith. They just don't get enough out of him. Um, yeah, yes, I agree. And it's almost like he's been a little bit disenfranchised by the improvement of Parrish um, and some of those other younger players like Perkins coming into the mix. So need to find a role for him. Maybe he can be that pressure forward. Well, on that, he's a utility player because he gets thrown on the ball and he does play pressure forward and goal-kicking forward. And I think very wisely, Essendon have picked up utility players this year that are a foot taller than him. Now, I think that that is superseding the model, isn't it? Really, when you've got such tall, rangy and mobile players that can play forward across the wing or in the middle... I think you'll go with that. I've got a question for you, Rowan. Yeah. Uh, look, opposition was Adelaide, so we have to temper the ebullience. But that back line looked complete to me tonight. And, of course, it was the first time this year that the captain wasn't in the back line. I think the captain's had a very good year, Dyson Heppel. Could he, when he comes back, and I don't know how long he's out for, but could he just go back into the midfield rather than the back line? No. No, he's he's no? too he's too slow and okay. His his kicking doesn't have enough penetration. Um, and he's had a he's you know sort of remade himself on the halfback flank. I think he's had a really good season. Yeah, uh, I just remember against Melbourne, he pushed forward, took that good mark. Maybe yeah. he can kick a couple of goals a week. Yeah, I, yeah. Look, I mean, having that flexibility will be a plus for them, and that's uh, it's been a bit of an issue with the amount of injuries they've had, and they haven't necessarily got a whole heap of young talent still to push through, either like Zach Reid, for example, who's played one game this year. He's now out for the rest of the season with um, stress yeah. fractures of the back. So, um, yeah, I mean, with the more senior guys, there's a few options there. Uh, all right. Uh, David uh, says Merritt, BOG by a long way. Peter Fee. No. All right. Okay. Peter Phoebe says AFL bit off more than they could chew by adding the Thursday night game this round when it was originally set to start on the Friday night. Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure they've sort of said officially what's going to happen with Thursday nights. I think the there's, you know, a reasonably popular consensus that we should stick with Thursday night. But um, I don't know if that's going to make things easier or harder with the COVID complications, which don't really look like easing anytime soon, not with the situation in Sydney continuing to to flare up the way it is. Um, let's, let's talk about Thursday night for a minute. Remember, there's also Monday night this week. 
Well, hang on. Just, just like, let's just get through a few more of these, then we'll talk about Thursday night. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Eamon Jarrett. Great to see Essendon's forward fifty pressure with twenty tackles inside fifty. Unheard of at Essendon over the last five years. We overused the ball going forward though, which would have been punished and turned over against a better side. Good comment, Eamon. I agree. Joe Charbine, the biggest thing about the rise of Parrish is he's now copping the tag to release Merritt. With Caldwell and Shield to come back in the middle, it's looking like a dangerous engine room. Another good comment. And McGrath. Uh, uh, and McGrath. Adrian Hawthorne in round one. That's the other game Essendon lost by uh, one point, infamously. Uh, Dan Fancher and our mate Johnson Von Trapp both point out that early doors refers to the early opening times of British pubs. There you go. I think someone had told me that, actually. I should have remembered. Uh, Simon Morris says, I would love to see the Resi's comp revised. So many benefits of a good second-tier competition. Thoughts? All right, Fanny, give, give us a thought on that one. Yeah, the AFL should have their own reserves competition and not not have poor old Preston Bullens 22nd on the VFL ladder. Stupid, 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 selfish. Uh, if, if they, the AFL need to manage their own player lists and provide a competition in and of itself so that there's a feeder competition and a place for players that don't make the seniors to play because they have dicked around and destroyed the VFL, Sandville and Waffle are obviously weaker for their impositions. Tasmanian football's in tatters. And if the AFL don't think that they're responsible for this, I mean, as for the Quaffle and the... Was it the New South Wales AFL? I don't, what was the, the original New South Wales competitions? They've been absolutely, you know, stripped bare. There's nothing to be proud about for the AFL in what they've done to the second-tier competitions in this country? No, they, I mean, they've used the Victorian one as a bit of a lab rat. And, um, you know, I think yeah. that's reflected in the sort of overall lack of interest. Now, finally, uh, Philip Van Dam suggests you get your glasses because you're squinting. No, I'm OK. Uh, OK. Uh, Chris Manuel says, who are Essendon's three best kicks into the forward 50? I think that is their real issue. That's a fair point. Um, well, if you're asking genuinely, uh, I'd say McDonald, Tip and Woody, McDonald, Tip and Woody, and McDonald, Tip and Woody. But what uh, if he's in the 50 when, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, when yeah. it happens? Well, I think, to be fair, I think Merritt's, I don't, I look, I haven't seen his score assist this year or involvements, but I reckon Merritt's tidied up his disposal this year. I reckon it was getting a bit sloppy and um, he's, he's uh, pulled that in a bit. I think Langford's pretty uh, reliable kick. Yeah, I, yeah, thought that, I thought that's where Redmond impressed me. Yeah, yeah, well, coming off half back. But look, that has been, I know, I know there was a lot of internally, there was a fair bit of angst about Essendon's midfield's ball use over the last couple of years. So, and, you know, unfortunately, Shield and Smith didn't necessarily help that. Mm. Um, I thought Stringer was pretty decent again tonight. Hey, I mean, we talk about his inconsistency, but I think by his standards, uh, I know he was All-Australian in 2015, but th this would be one of his more consistent seasons, I reckon. Yes, he's, he's a, for me, he's Essendon's most dangerous player, a match winner. That, and that's the other thing about Essendon not beating teams above them. 
if they can, as a group, put in an even effort against a top team and be in striking distance, which they have been many times this year, they led Richmond in the last quarter over in the West, Stringer can just take a game away from anybody. And that's really how some of these games between top teams are decided now, aren't they? A Bontempelli, a Martin. Now, for Stringer, there's two problems. One, he's a bit injury prone. Or three problems. Can be a bit selfish. And three, he's got to be playing for Essendon next year to be an effective Essendon player. Yeah, he will be. They'll sort that out. Um, Digby Norton says, random comment tracking back to what you talk about in the podcast. With regards to Richmond's woes this year, I do feel like Jake Arts has improved. Uh, mm. Yeah, no, spot on, Digby. And I think it came up actually in this show last week. We talked about, well, who's improved for Richmond? He definitely has. Um, mm. I'm not sure you'd add anyone else to that, though, would you? Uh, I reckon Rewald's better this year than he's been. Until the last couple of weeks, I think Rewald's been fantastic. But that's just a, a you know, a bit of a smart-ass because obviously he's at the end of his career. And yeah, just, yeah. A little, a little Indian summer as he heads towards retirement. As far as players who were on an upward curve in their graph, I think Jake Arts is a good call. Um, and I don't think there's anybody else. I think Shay Bolton was tracking really well early to even, you know, eclipse last year, but he's stopped to a dead halt, hasn't he? There's, there's nobody. And I've got a key mate who's a Richmond supporter who told me, and I started watching, and now he's not in the team, that Nick Vlosted has gone backwards at 10 million miles an hour. He said he's taken some decent mark. But since coming back from injury, he's been absolutely hammered by his opponent every week. Yeah, they're, no, they've got a few struggling. Uh, Campbell Fairing says, Don's to trade draft picks this year for ready-made talent. Roco, thoughts? Uh, no. No. <laughs> I wouldn't be. Um, well, no, look, I mean, it depends on who's available. But I, I think the gains from hitting the draft hard are so obvious this year, aren't they, that they'd be silly to not to make that their, the primary plank of their recruiting. doesn't mean you can't trade in one or two, but it's got to be the right guy. I mean, I keep, yeah, hearing, bro, these, who, I, I, well, I keep hearing these suggestions about Mason Cox. Ooh, well, who's, Mason who's, Cox. Who is driving this bullshit I get every week on my news feed about Essendon. I've had Harry Mackay, Ben Mackay, Ben King. Every week there's another, I don't know if it's just my news feed because of course news feeds tailor differently to different people, but every week I get these, these articles, Essendon must go all in for this player. What's go all in? Who's writing this crap? It's not a poker game. And your opinion, these these. Kites that have been flown by God knows whom. Well, I do know who because half of them are by, you know, the, the biggest mouth in football, the vacuous cane corn, corns. Well, that's the, mean, that's how you solve the problem, Fanny. You stop following cane corns. I'm not following cane corns. They, this crap comes yeah, up well, then, on my news for Okay, well, that happens because what cane corn says gets written up as a news story either for SEN or Fox Footy. Unfortunately, both SEN and Fox Footy, uh, as far as Twitter goes anyway, have become two of the biggest purveyors of football clickbait. And uh, it's got to the stage where Sam McClure, and let me just say very clearly, I've got a lot of time for Sam McClure. I think he's a pretty good footy reporter. Uh, even he, because he 
ironically, appears on one of those shows, Footy Classified. Um, he even he's sort of bemoaning it, saying, you know, how long is this going to go on for? Where half the football news diet consists of what some former player said on a panel show. Well, you know, the media outlets who keep dishing out this crap have got to stop doing it. And good luck with that, because clearly they get enough clicks out of it. But you know, it's a. It's a I'm glad I'll, you use the word diet. That you know why I'm glad you use the word diet because I need to go on one. Absolutely not, because all of this to me is is like a a slovenly troll who just eats macas, and it actually is in a way being fueled by macas because the biggest player in this new sensational roundabout, you know, merry-go-round of you know, comment becomes news story becomes sensational reaction to news story is the next story. It really does emanate a lot from, I don't know what it's called now, Pacific Star, Crop Media. You know, no, Sports Entertainment Group. Okay, Sports Entertainment Group. And we know that much of their, much of their um, spread is funded by a major deal with McDonald's. So it is like the, you know, fed on fast food, this absolute uninformative, dullard crap. But then again, we live in a world where one stupid, one show, you know, farmer wants a wife is replaced by a wife wants a farmer. Um, I saw the new show, Geek. That's the big one. You know, dating a geek. I mean, the world is, if we are trying to make this generation so dumb that we are going to get, this planet could get overtaken by Mars, and Mars is uninhabited. All right, we'll get back to that one because we've still got footy. <laughs> just, on, just on Thursday night football, Rowan. It's yeah. an extension, but I want to make a comment on Thursday night footy. People oh, say on Thursday... Mars or here? Yeah, actually, talking about Mars, there's going to be an event on Mars where, again, no people will inhabit, but that's Gold Coast GWS. Um, so the Thursday night football discussion where people go, I really like Thursday night footy. I like Thursday night footy. You know what they're saying? They don't like Thursday Night Footy. They like watching it on TV better than what else is on. It's just a TV show for people. You know, Correct. I mean, I, they, they don't like Thursday Night Football. They like turning on the TV and there's footy there for them. That should not be a motivator to schedule games on Thursday night. But people are confusing TV with the sport. But it is funny because the balance has long since shifted towards... Uh, TV audience rather than live audience. There's no question about that. Well, the tail is wagging the dog in this case, Rowan. And you know when a dog lifts its tail, what comes out next? I do. Uh, all right. Now, I'm going to read a series of comments here, perhaps 10 or 12. Neither of us are going to pass comment. I'm just going to read these comments because they're all pretty self-contained. Okay. Uh, Unleash the Goosh says, Draper's run out of the stoppage was something. Awkward, but something. <laughs> I owe you one, says Devin Smith's greatest asset is giving whip to the umpires. Ryan says, how bad was Smith pushing the second gamer after holding the ball when he didn't even tackle him? <laughs> Jan Wazinski says, Tex Walker, he needs to go around next year for Adelaide to be competitive. Thanks, 1138, says Crows fans eviscerated Port last night. Siri, what is poetic justice? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, right. Uh, poetic Jay justice. 
that is justice meted out poetically. Series of series is a bigger waste of time than the rest of them. I hope Stewie. Joe, Joe Charbine. Gleason did a great job tonight covering for Heppel. I'm still not 100% convinced of Stewart and defence. Like Smith, he gives away too many silly free kicks. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Joe. I'm still not convinced about Stewart in defence. That free uh, kick he gave to Philthorpe holding his arm, that's just lazy. That's, I know the game was over and it didn't mean anything. I thought to myself, mate, you're not a certainty in this team. In fact, your AFL career is not a certainty. You're certainly good enough to be an AFL player. How weak is that? Your opponent's about to go, not for a certain mark, or he's going to hold his arm. Didn't like that. All right, let's keep going. No response, just comments. Uh, Scooter, a uh, man who knows his Essendon football club, says Redman is going under the radar a bit, but having a sensational year. Yeah, in fact, in, in many ways, I think it's uh, probably better than his 2019 uh, Aust- sorry, I commented. Uh, Austin Phillips. <laughs> yourself. Anyone think Harrison Jones moves a bit like James Hurd? Uh, a bit premature. Oh, I did it again. Sorry. Josh McKelgan was happy to see two battlers in Cutler and Gleason come in and do all right. Uh, Michael. I'll Poo- get you, Cutler. My- Michael. Uh, he was, I'll tell you what, it was his best game for Essendon. Best for Essendon, wasn't it? Yeah, I agree. Michael, Michael Pern Hind is a good kick inside 50. Our forwards aren't waiting up, though. That's also from Michael. Mm-hmm. Johnson Von Trapp, Tom Duday, crazy or courageous? Yeah, well, okay, let's talk about that one quickly. Yeah. I'll say yes. this that uh, I think it was Wayne Carey made the observation, you know, unless you've got a chance of winning possession, it's silly. You're just sort of acting courageous for the sake of it. But I sort of felt that was a bit harsh because they're not. Sometimes it's impossible to weigh up the situation, particularly when you got you're not both going in the same direction. You're coming at it from opposite angles. It's you can't sort of weigh up. Well, if I have a crack at this, am I going to get there before, after, or at the same time? Um, you know, it's like we try to slow down the decision making process. You don't really get time to make a decision. It's purely instinct. So, um, yeah, that's how I saw it. Could not agree more, Wayne Carey. This time I am in your corner. Why? Because I watched Max Huxton play a career very similar to Dodo. They fearless. I, you know, you played at full forward. Any football I played was impinged upon, I've got to admit, the fear of that ball in the air where you've just got to stand there. That's that's to me is super courage. Now, going with the flight of the ball, etc. I watched enough of Max Huxton to see him knock over his own teammates, knock over players, balls spilling. It is it is such a, a, a wild, it's courageous, but it is such a wild, un, un, um, not rehearsed, but I mean, it's uninhibited, but it also is reckless to, to the game plan. It's like, you know, I'm just going to knock all the pins down and, and the ball will go somewhere. We'll see what happens. Because Duda's a really good intercept mark. He shouldn't be just flying back from whatever, He'll injure himself, he'll injure a teammate. But the thing is, he's got no control what happens to the ball next. Yeah, sorry, when I'm smiling there, it's like I've seen a comment that made me laugh. Um, uh, good stat from Thorpe Van Dam. Merritt, 108 score involvements this season. That ranks 12, uh, 10th in the AFL. Parrish, 121. That puts him third. And uh, McDonald, Tip and Woody, 102, which puts him 18th. 
Uh, Robert Forbes didn't like the commentary tonight. Yeah, it was the same as usual, I thought. He feels sorry for Daisy. I think we all do. Uh, Robert Rice, thoughts on Geelong managing Selwood and Dowhouse this week? As a Cats fan, I'm hesitant about it, as this week's game against Carlton is the kind of game I've seen them lose in the last few years. True. Yeah, they're not managing Dalhouse, by the way. What's what's wrong with him? He's been dropped. They can no. say manage because out of respect for what he's done for the club and et cetera, et cetera. He's had three kicks in the last two weeks, right? Has he done that much for the club? Like, I wouldn't have thought. I'm know. saying, but he's been dropped. But I'm saying out of respect, out of, not respect, but out of maybe some players respond well to being dropped and maybe others don't. Maybe others, you know, start to feel, you know, start to lose the, you know, lose the drive and feel that they're slipping away from the best 22 and pack it in. But, of course, he's been dropped. Have a look at his last two games. All right, keep going. Uh, not a lot of love for the idea of Mason Cox going to... <laughs> oh, imagine, imagine the club that took Mason Cox and he could be handy for a club. But nobody, nobody wants him at their club because every supporter who's not a Collingwood supporter has at some point dished out on him in a terrible way, you know, to Collingwood mates of theirs. I think it was for Essendon fans when Jeff Rains and Mike Richardson rolled up at the same yeah. time. Oh, that's, uh, a really good, that's a really good sort of discussion point, not that we can, need to have it, but maybe off the SMS people can say, who are players that you just, when they came to your club, you just shook your head and said, Oh, this is embarrassing, or this is going to make. I'm, I'm contradicting myself now, saying I like this bloke because we had an Essendon player that I couldn't stand, and when I heard Tony Antrobus was playing for St Kilda, I was, you know, very compromised as a football supporter. Yeah, we didn't we didn't see the best of him. I, I'll tell you, his, his best was pretty damn good. I'll tell you, one of one of the. Um, Oh, no, I don't, I'll say it quickly. There was, I still remember this because I wrote a column about it. I used to do a tactics column for the age. And I think it was the third round of 1989, one of the rare times in his spell at Essendon where Tony Antropus was fit or not injured. And Hawthorne played Essendon at Princess Park and Johnny Platten and Tony Antropus went head to head for the whole game. And it was fantastic. They both played really well and it was just a terrific duel. And I saw enough footy that Antrobus played for uh, North Adelaide and uh, he could play. He could really play. That's uh, St Gilda. He fell over more times than the last bloke out of the pub. Fair yeah. dinkum, he could not stand up. Yeah, well, the, the mullet was pretty heavy. Mm. Um, Robert Forbes. Uh, sorry, Rory. Uh, I love Finey is one comment. Uh, it's from Rory. Oh, so you got my SMS. No, it's from Rory Loft. I was going to say it's from Natalie Fine, but then I thought, no, she no, 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 it's not. <laughs> not so Rory Loft loves you, Finey. Robert <laughs> Forbes. Uh, Robert Forbes got a good question. He says, where is Big Mouth Trout from Wood End? Essendon are on top of Richmond <laughs> on the ladder Trout. at the moment. He's been yeah. regularly on this program, Trout, including the last two losses for Richmond. So we can't knock. He keeps he bobs up on my he bobbed up on my um, Facebook page the other week and I sort of gave him a, a fairly softy softy sort of slap down and he, and he got really hurt about it so I had yeah. to I had to sort of make it up for him. No, he's a I, very very passionate supporter. 
Uh, all right, where else are we going? Oh, uh, people talking about embarrassing recruits. Uh, Rory Loft wasn't a fan of Justin Murphy and Scott Camparelli at Essendon. Oh, we've lost Finey. Great. All right. I'm going to soldier on on my own until Finey recharges his phone or whatever it is he does. He moves in mysterious ways, as I'm sure viewers of this program are aware. Uh, Damon's desperate to get... Well, I might get you in on the discussion, Damon, because I don't really fancy talking to myself for that much. Um all right, uh, embarrassing selections. Chris Manuel, not keen on the Bulldogs getting Travis Cloak. Uh, Leroy Jones wanted to ask Finey, what about when Jezza arrived at St Kilda? I think that one was pretty popular, uh, wasn't it? Uh, Doc Wielden at Essendon, says Philip Van Der Well, he never got to play a senior game. Apparently, he was in cracking form and anybody broke his leg crossing King Street late at night after being at one of the the nightclubs. I think that was back in about 1996. Um, thanks, 11.38 says, tonight's tipping game. Please, nothing cryptic or overly bookish. It's late Friday night. L says, we can only see Roko's shoulder and someone's head. Have we fixed that one up at worst, Damon? Uh, okay, all fixed. Now, can someone please send me some more questions because I, I can't just keep ad-libbing. We'll find out, but I'm giving you the tip right now. Fidey's phone has run out of charge and he's coming back apparently. Uh, but he's unable to appear on camera and charge his phone at the same time. Of course, he could always charge his phone before we do this, given that you know we've got about a week to prepare. But, uh, you know. Why not fly by the seat of our pants? Uh, any more questions, anyone? Uh, I'll, I'll answer them. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a struggle and I might just run through the tips myself. Finding's trying to connect, still not happening. Now he's connected and he's sideways. All right. Uh, while he gets his act together, um, thoughts on Perkins' game? Yeah, terrific. Best game he's played for the Bombers so far. I'm a returnee, I believe. Okay, Finey. Uh, would you care to explain to everyone, oh, including me, oh, what yeah. happened there? Well, we've had to drop out from the house. There's, I guess oh, that so can't didn't run out of charge. Nope. Oh, I was tipping that's what it was. Nope. All right. Okay, well, all good. How is your charge just while we're sorting out technical glitches? No, nope, no, there's charge. All good. Okay. Yep. All right. But I have gone from... It is that thing that I did check my phone. I was on Wi-Fi, so I'm now on... Um, 4G? Yeah, 4G. And maybe that's a mistake I should have... Uh, I should have attended to that before because for some reason, I don't know why is Wi-Fi inferior to 4G. I don't know. Depends where you're living. Uh, yeah. Maybe just scoot a little bit to your left. Yep. How's That's that? good. That's perfect. All right. Let's go. Uh, Thomas Sanchez says, Laverde, amazing again. He is, if you were drawing up a list of most improved players in the AFL, he would be, for mine, in the top four or five easily. Yep. yep. And wasn't gets, there, yeah, didn't you point out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago to some... I don't know whether it was a website or something. Oh, no, somewhere, no, it was the Herald Sun. Somewhere said that he was in the three 
worst players that have gone backwards. That was just a bizarre thing. I don't know if it was straight off stats. They were just looking at champion data ratings points or whatever. Well, his ratings points aren't as high because he's playing in a bloody back line and not kicking goals. You know, it was Isn't just that atrocious journalism then. I couldn't believe it, to be honest. And it was, um, I won't say who it was, but it was a couple of journos whose work I think is usually pretty decent. So it was sort of yeah. like, did you not look at those names and think, hang on, this guy's had a pretty good season. He can't be gone backwards. Gone backwards was the tag it was under. Outrageous. Mm. Uh, Robert Rice asked, did, Melbourne, did Melbourne's forward line work better with Ben Brown in the team? Finey? Uh, they, look, they had a good win. Uh, I'm not sold, but the functionality was good. Look, Petrarca tore them a new one and Cosy Pickett returned back to because we, we spoke about Cosy Pickett that everything he did was as good as earlier on in the season, but he just was doing about half as much. So that was a, a huge difference. The good thing is that Ben Brown wasn't was a his involvement his involvements were, were not seemingly um, clumsy or, or costing the team in their ball movement. So the thing is, he must be persisted with. You can't just put him in and out of the team. Um, I was just saying, just Tom McDonald, uh, that little burst of two goals in the third quarter at a critical time, gee, he's having a really good season. Someone was speculating on Twitter about how he'd work alongside Ben Brown, given that, and this was news to me, apparently Tom McDonald is a um, a bit of a uh, appeared on the uh, young IPA podcast, and for those unfamiliar, the IPA is the Institute of Public Affairs, a um, let's say corporate-minded libertarian-type think tank funded by Gina Reinhart, and he appeared on there to talk about Jordan Peterson, the controversial Canadian author and uh, academic, and uh, Ben Brown, of course, a, a vegan and um, from Tassie and uh, a bit, you know, sort of left of centre, I think it's fair to say, politically. So <laughs> I guess I think you can still play in a football team together. I mean, Don Scott and Lee Matthews famously weren't great fans of each other, but were a pretty um, effective Ruck Rover combination. Yeah, look, let's see how it works. Isn't Tom McDonald good at playing in those bursts, I, that to me is a bit of a trademark of how he plays his football, that keep him out of the game, because often one goal gets you another or another again with Tom McDonald. He is a, a bit of a in bunches type footballer. That's good. Hmm. Oh, he's, he's had a great season. I'll tell you what, look, they really... I, I Halfway through that game, I just found myself saying, why did I tip Port Adelaide? You know, because I know yeah. Melbourne's got a good track record of having those sorts of good, difficult on-the-road wins over the last few years. Um, and I know Port struggled against top teams and I, yeah, we, and, I, yeah. and I fell for it. I just thought, well, they've got to make a, a statement this time. But it just had that feeling all night, didn't it? Even when Port got within a couple of goals, you thought Melbourne's going to see this off, you know, and, and they did it very effectively, I think. Um, Port Adelaide should change their official name, by the way. To what? Port Adelaide, and then, you know, after Port Adelaide, it should be LTD. Why? Well, that stands for limited. Yeah. Oh, okay. They are limited. I, I just think that they are limited. They don't have much scope. 
I'll tell you when they're not limited, and someone made this observation, and it's a fair one, I think, that, that they're not limited when they've got Rosie playing well, Dersma in the side, and Butters in the side and fit. Um, Willem Drew has really come on. Mm, but, but Willem, uh, do you want me to do it? You do, but Willem who? Willem Drew. Our producer got in first. Before yeah, got yeah that's right. But all of those players, Rosie, Butters, and maybe with the exception of Drew now, but their midfield is where they're limited because Ollie Wines has had a great season. He has. Boke, um, not as good as last year, obviously, but second in the brown mode, but not terrible. I mean, he does age. He's not going to, he has to start to come down the other side of the mountain eventually, but there's not enough depth in that midfield round. No. Um, well, I mean, it, it, you sort of felt like there was at one stage when Rockliffe was part of it, sort of playing decent footy. In fact, what, I heard them talk, what's Rockliffe's injury at the moment? It was something a bit weird. Yeah, um, but but when, he was, when he wasn't injured, they weren't playing him. No, but there was a period there where he was going, all right, someone can tell me what is wrong with Rockliffe at the moment. Because I, I heard them talking about it and I thought, no, that's, that's a bit weird. Um, do you think, what about Zach Butters? Do you think he's sort of universally accepted as a, a key player for the, in that lineup? Am I supposed to say I can't believe it's... No. He's... Or, or, or do I say, <laughs> no. da, 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 Butters? Everyone knows it's Butters. It's Butters. That's yeah. me. Uh, okay. oh, deep vein thrombosis, that's it. I knew it was something weird. Yeah. Okay, uh, so that was from Dion Stennard. Thanks, Dion. Yeah. So Port Adelaide LTD had Zach Butters and, and um, DVT. Uh, Rockcliffe out with DVT. Yeah, and then yeah. there's someone who's very resistant to uh, modern technology, so they're called DVD. That's a Luddite. <laughs> That's you. Uh, That's has, me. That's me. How's your email oh, account going? That, I can see that pillow still on the couch, Mr. Mr. Tomorrow. Oh, it is too. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I haven't laid down, I haven't laid my head on it recently. <laughs> Actually, I've got to start remembering that, that the, your whole sort of private life is on show here. Is there, anything, right. is there anything incriminating? I'll tell you what, if anyone's ever won, see that little blue box there? That looks, that looks like it's got a um, marital aid. It looks like a big marital aid. It does. From where I'm sitting, it looks like a box with a... What's the picture on it? You didn't have to drag it down to that. No, I'll tell you what it is. This is quite embarrassing. Not like that. Um, that is actually a turntable that my two children gave me for Christmas. <laughs> and it's still, <laughs> it's still got the bubble wrap on it because I, I just haven't had a chance to... Um, to uh, well, I have, but I just haven't got around to unwrapping it, and um, it's great. You you plug it into your computer, and you can just transfer all your vinyl to computer. Yeah. So it's a fantastic thing. But I just I haven't I haven't got around to using it yet. I will like yeah. Just on marital aids. What a ridiculous term. No, I'm just talking about the term. I don't need to discuss okay, that. Good. I mean, they're called sex toys. I understand that, but a marital aid. Imagine. Look, we're having problems in our marriage, so I bought her this. I, I, I just don't see it as a, as a great, as a, as a panacea to some of the problems in, 
in marriage. No, you, it's, you, it's a, you know, you know what a better, a much better, and I speak from experience here, a much better marital aid from a male perspective, uh, doing the vacuuming and helping with the housework. Exactly. Imagine that, you know, he doesn't help around the house. He doesn't do anything. What's he doing to aid the marriage? Well, have a look at this. You know, it's ridiculous, a marital aid. All right, let's uh, let's get on with it. Uh, Suds McDuff, uh, I, like, I like that name, uh, says, where does Rory Sloan rank on the list of players from opposition teams you can't help but like? Yeah, pretty high. Yeah, 42nd, I think. Don't like Rory Sloan? Yeah, but like, how do you put a number to it? I don't know. Well, who's, who's the very obvious number one? Player from another team that you have to like. Yeah. For me... A lot of the Brisbane, I like a lot of the Brisbane players, but how can you not like Hugh McLuggage? I, I, you know, I watch him play. He's just a nice kid. He seems like a really good player. Um, Liam Ryan, I love watching him play. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was just going to say in terms of watchability and popularity and the good bloke factor, surely Eddie Betts is number one. Eddie Betts. People will say, no, I hate this player. I love watching, even against St Kilda, Buddy Franklin. You know, you've got a, a, a player who absolutely, at whatever age he is, with however long out of the game, steps in straight away. And you could almost make an argument that he's the most, not best player in the comp, but he's the most dangerous player out there and the most likely match winner on any given day. You well, know. you know, I remember about 2012, I reckon, interviewing Kale Hooker. And it was just, you know, he was just starting to really improve and uh, did a piece on him. And I asked him about, you know, the thing everyone then yeah, knew yeah. him for, trailing the along taste. in Buddy's wake. And I remember yep. even him saying, you know, I've got to be honest, as I was flailing along behind him, thinking, Jesus, he's a good mover, isn't he? <laughs> <You know? laughs> Great, isn't it? And the other thing about Buddy is, like, he's... Yeah, he has a certain swagger about him, but I don't think you ever look at him and go, oh, this guy's, you know, this guy's completely full of himself. He, he just, yeah, he's confident, but I don't think, yeah. and, and he is a hard worker yeah, and, yeah. and he's universally popular with his teammates. You know, I can remember yeah, the yeah. Hawthorne guys loved him, you know. Oh, as, as, as he's got older, he seems to enjoy football. You know, there were some moments in the first chapters of his career at Hawthorne where he was the petulant champion in that if he made a lead and you didn't kick it to him you could read it on his face but he's matured out of that hasn't he so I like yeah. that well given that he debuted All right. about 38 years ago yeah yeah so I want to run a comment that I made to somebody past you and I do believe this you know uh, probably a, a major insult in the game for a player would be if somebody had the tag the most overrated player in the competition. Yeah. That would be considered a, a broadside, wouldn't it? Yeah. I reckon that there's a player who plays for Sydney who's good to very good and the most overrated player in the competition. Tell me why you think he's overrated. Because he just does not get the ball enough. At this stage of his career, he should not be camped in the forward pocket. Isaac Cooney. Yeah, he is so loved. You know, there are special comments people whenever he takes a mark. They say, oh, he's magnificent. Look, he's very, he's good. He is good. Don't get me wrong. So I'm not saying that he's crap, but they speak of him 
about three weeks ago, he kicked three or four goals, which he does every twice a year, maybe. I always and, think, oh, yeah, go on. And again, we had it. We again, we had this kid. He has got everything. That is the absolute. Look how, look how he marks. Look how he marks. <laughs> they sing a piece about him, don't they? So, I think there's a few questions being asked about him now. I heard over the last couple of weeks. I, I look, I always look at him and think he should be playing the sort of year 12 heartthrob in um, home and away. Uh, yeah, well, or he, he should be, if they ever do a remake of Puberty Blues, you know, he should be in that. Don't you reckon he's got that sort of Sydney yeah. surfer yeah, look does. about him? He does. It's a great story. He comes from Newcastle, where Australian rules football. Uh, some people were told that he played Australian rules football. You know, Nova Castrians said, yeah, but not he, because there's no teams. They, in Newcastle, until recently, there were people that had not seen football grounds. It is a very, very thinly played sport, but he's, he's lifted its profile. So it's a great story. But, Rowan, at this stage of his career, why is he still camped in the forward line? And if you, if you did his, you know, that tracker on the back that they wear... Mm. He's like a car that's you know only gets to the driveway. I don't know if I want to buy it. It's two years old, but it's only done four thousand k's. I mean, he does not have a lot of miles on the tank on the odometer. No, well, there's a, a couple of reasons. One, I think you know they've they've had issues scoring goals in the last couple of years, so they've sort of had to move him back there more permanently as a necessity. And I think the other one is that with the emergence, particularly this year, of Callum Mills. Uh, speaking about most improved players in the comp, uh, Callum Mills, but the other younger guys, you know, like um, Chad Warner. Yep. Yeah. Um, they're not, you know, it's it's not such a necessity to have him in the midfield. It, it's more of a necessity to have him right forward. And he's sort of got caught a bit, you know, in in betwixt and between. Yeah, okay. And, and that's fair enough. He's a very good forward. And believe me, when you play against it, Sydney and he's playing, you know that they've got a, a, an ever-present danger up forward. But, you know, people, maybe the last couple of weeks where he has barely touched the ball, because there was that game two weeks ago, uh, that disappointing loss by Sydney. Who did they lose to? Um, somebody. Uh, Hawthorne. Hawthorne, yeah. He got his first touch about 20 minutes in the last quarter. It was mm. embarrassing. But So that sort of maybe raised some eyebrows. But I'll tell you what, before then, and who is it? There's one special comments person who cannot, and I think it might be Jason Dunstall, who loves him because of the way he marks the ball. You know, he does fight across, he does bend backwards, he is sort of Ken Hunter-like sometimes. But there's more to footy than that. Can I just ask you, now that we've sort of see, uh, done the segue into our usual weekly thing about commentators, I'm going to say a phrase... And finally, you watch your footy through Fox Footy, don't you? Yeah, but I'll tell you something. I, I, I've got so frustrated with commentary of late. Yeah. I've tried to do what you do. I tried to sync it with the radio. So yeah. I did it with, I did it tonight. How, what, who'd you listen to? I listen to SEN because I, you know, I like Hutto and I like Brett Phillips. And I think Brett's, you know, oh, I like Brett the, Phillips calling. Okay. Yeah. And I'm oh, really Jared's on. You wouldn't have done it if it was Jared Whiteley. Yeah. I, Look, I put it on because do you know why? Do you know why I put it on? Because you didn't want to listen to BT. No, because I had a, a 
phone uh, radio sort of setup um, on eleven sixteen SEM, and it was just the first one I did, and I thought, yeah, that call's fine. Um, and also, well done, Brett Phillips. He too, you know, he, he's now on TV because he's been doing Wimbledon. Oh, he? really, he's he's sort of a late night man. He takes over after from Todd Woodbridge or whatever or whoever is the no, not Todd Woodbridge. It's the guy from up in Sydney. Anyhow, um, but he take, takes over from him about midnight on Channel Seven. On yeah, Channel which, Nine, nine, which is good because he's had some of the big games, and more power to him. Very hard worker, Brett. Really, you know, worked hard at his trade, and I really like him. So maybe that's why. All right. Could I go on with what I was saying now? Yeah, of course. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, anyway, back to with the exception of tonight, you watch your footy via Fox Footy, don't you? Yeah. And anyone who's out there who watches their footy via Fox Footy, I'm going to say something and I want you to tell me if you know what I'm talking about. And it is this. I think they've got to make a stand. Does that mean anything to you? Is it a person? Yeah. It's in an ad. You know, they do that ad. They do, There's the ad where they, um, they uh, wrap up, they do a sort of grab from each show. And so first thing you hear is Robbo on 360 mm-hmm. saying, Jared, I've got the good news. The teams are back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, and then there's, I think, Tony Armstrong from Yokai Footy, which I yeah. never actually see on Fox Footy. I don't know. Is that at 3 a.m. on Wednesday or something? He uh-huh. says, to all those who paved the way, and then Brownie bobs up and says something like, I can't <laughs> remember what he says. And then the one at the end is, I think they've got to take a stand. Who no, says no that? one's <laughs> watching it now. It's David King. <laughs> anytime that air comes on now it just drives me insane I was going to tweet it tonight someone said something about Adelaide and I just was going to tweet back I think they've got to take a stand yeah. I, I, was, I listened to David King at the end of last round and he was explaining at length why Richmond have, are falling off the face of the earth as though it was such clear logic for everybody to see that it shouldn't be a surprise. And I thought, you know, David, there's only one thing, there's only one problem with this entire tirade or, or, or presentation, because it went for quite a while. You're doing it after the game. Why didn't you do it before the game <laughs> if it was so friggin' obvious? You know, that, there is, there's no skill in applying intelligence after the fact. You know, because he kept saying it should come as no surprise to people given these numbers. All right, well, tell us before the game and then you earn kudos for picking it because I'm pretty sure he picked Richmond to be Gold Coast. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I, I mean, in fairness, I reckon he, he knows his stuff. Um, he knows how to read a spreadsheet. Oh, no, no. Oh, that's a bit no, unfair. he does know his stuff. He I think he, he knows know. his stuff. It, it's yeah. sort of what, why I like um, Jason Dunstall so much as a uh, a special comments man is that he knows his stuff, but he articulates it in pretty simple terms. And yep. actually, I reckon, and I know I've sung her praises a bit, but um, Daisy, I really like Daisy Pierce's special comments, and I think she does that as well. You know, she makes mm-hmm. good observations, but she's making them to the audience rather than sort yep. of looking like she's trying to impress her co commentators. And I think yep. a few of the other guys spend way too much time doing that. Just Can- a couple. Couple of other movies. Yeah, yeah. Go on. No, go on. Because also another um, person who I worked a lot with 
a lot and he cut his teeth a bit on my program. Uh, was the co-caller with BT for Collingwood and Kilda last week? Nigel oh, Palmer. yeah, Nigel. No, yeah. And, you know, more power to him as well. I, I want to run this past you. It's, it's difficult when you talk about females covering AFL football. It's been such a male-dominated area that I understand that um, those who have got their foot in the door have done so. It, it's not tokenism. It really is a heck of a lot of hard work. And the trailblazer in terms of commentary is Kelly Underwood. Yeah. And she should be absolutely, you know, um, recognised for that. But you know what I find interesting? Because there is a backlash against the main commentators at the moment, BT, you know, that that chummy in-joke type yeah. world is not sitting well with people, that people like Jason Bennett and um, that... Uh, who's one from WA? Adam Papalia. Yeah, um, they're getting a lot of traction because, and I'm not saying they're not good, but I think they're benefiting from a backlash against the establishment. No doubt. I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing a lot of um, voices for Kelly, and, and I think I know why. And it's not her... Look, here's a couple of problems. I think she's got a very strong Australian accent, but yeah. it's not the female voice, it's the Australian accent. I'm just running this past you. Yeah. Um, get your opinion on it. And she certainly can hammer out a cliche. You know, um, how many times two people have gone for a mark and the forward marks it, too big, too strong, too good. Um, yeah. That can rankle. But she's a great trailblazer. I wonder whether she can, um, yeah. I love her research because she brings stats to the game, not like he's kicked 15 goals against so-and-so. I actually like that she brings a lot of anecdotal stuff. Like, you know, he this so she said it last week, it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, somebody was married in the off-season, and the bloke that he was playing not directly on um, was in the bridal party. One of his opponents was in his, you know, I like that stuff. I think that's well researched. So what are you asking me? <laughs> that that do you think that and it can be cruel i think her her pronounce her her accent has pulled her back i think we're ready we don't mind female commentators i certainly don't mind the female aspect because she's got that Aussie swing oh, that, that yeah yeah it. she does i i still think a lot i think uh football fandom is behind cricket fandom in the acceptance of female commentators and i think uh it's interesting because, you know, um, female cricket commentators, there's, there's a few of them now, isn't there? Um, Aisha Gua and... Oh, they're great. Alison Mitchell, um, uh, Lisa Starlicker, uh, Mel Jones. And I guess you get used to it and you hear it more frequently, whereas Kelly is still only going to hear probably once a week and she's still the only female play-by-play caller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that makes a difference. I'm a big, um, and yeah, this we've had female hosts for a while now. A while now but I'm a, I'm a big Kath Lockman fan. I reckon yeah, she's yeah. great. And why I reckon she's great, I reckon her knowledge is very good. But why I like her most, it's not necessarily the knowledge. She's just got a really easy manner that doesn't look false and stilted and like mm. I am trying to be a TV host. Yeah. And and even a lot of, you know, like Eddie Maguire, for example, has been in TV now nearly 40 years, but Ed, when he talks on TV, still sounds like he's talking on TV. It doesn't just sound like he's talking to you. And yeah. I feel like when Kath is hosting or doing whatever, she's just talking naturally, you know? So yeah. 
I'm a big rap for her. I tell you what, Fanny, we're uh, time we got into the yeah. tips. Did you know did, did, on my Optus coverage of EPL, there's a female commentator? Uh, of the EPL games, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's when, when they have like three or four at the same time. Okay, so there's a spread. There's definitely an EPL commentator. She's very good. No problem. What's her name? I'll check that. I'll tell you okay. next week. The other, the other thing, just on female commentary. And we've seen this week with that party that the NRL, who was it, St George players had a party or something? Uh, yeah, it was, um, oh, God, I was reading about him today. What's his name again? Um, Vaughan. Vaughan, yeah, that's it. Or Vaughan. Um, so apart from Melbourne Storm, who I reckon this, Melbourne Storm as the best football club in Australia, then the entire AFL, then 50 lengths back, the rest of the NRL, um, I was also thinking we've integrated in the AFL quite a few female special comments, Kelly Underwood, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think I've heard many female special comments or anything in NRL. Uh, no, no, they have um, Yvonne Sampson, or I think she's married, using a married name now, but she, she certainly, they, they've got a lot of boundary writers. And yeah, stuff. I'll say that's the boundary yeah. writers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, He's going so in the sin bin. He's coming out of the sin bin. So that's now, actually, that's an interesting one because in radio, the boundary rider, there's a lot of females now doing it. And as you know, I, I did boundary riding for, I don't know, 20 odd years. And yep. uh, I, I sort of felt like I, I tried to make it a bit different. Like I tried to throw in a bit of analysis and whatever and mm. rather than just going so-and-so is coming off with a hamstring. And I feel yeah, like... Yeah. Now they're using more women doing the boundary, but they're making them revert back to that. You know, you're purely saying who's coming on and off with a, yep. an injury, which yeah. is sort of a backward step in my view. I mean, I, I spoke to quite a few boundaries over the last few years and they love being written by you. Okay. Uh, let's do the tips. Um, what's tonight's device? All right. Well, I had a look at the Frio ins and outs this week. Yep. And it was b -b 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 brilliant because Brett Bewley is out for Bailey Banfield. And oh, yeah. anyway, it was very, very b -b 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 -b. So I thought the team you select, try and pick the most obscure that can come to mind. Same, you know, same initial first name, surname, but really <laughs> try and get an obscure one. Okay. Uh... <laughs> It's good, especially if Tommy Tico played footy as well as sort of. What big... about uh, Tommy Two Tone? Was it? Was it, what was that? Tommy Tico at the band on the on the yeah. Don Boat. You know, hang on, Tommy Two Tone. Who, who was the mob that did? Um, why I'm asking you this, uh, Jenny. You know, eight six seven five three zero oh, nine. I think it was Tommy Two Tone. Uh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hawthorne playing Fremantle. Uh, that's the first game on Saturday. Is at 1.45 p.m. at University of Tasmania Stadium. <laughs> uh, Darren Prashino has waded in with... Um, I don't know why, because they're not... That is the most ridiculous name in sport just about, isn't it? Misty Hyman. Why? She was a good swimmer. Yeah, don't just have it. Don't. Whatever you think, you know what I mean. Don't say it. No, 
No. I don't want to know. You're not going to say it. No. Lance uh, Seston, 140. Excuse me. Her nickname was Misty Morning because, you know, you get the mist out in the morning. Come on, Buster, get on with it. Is that it? Okay. Um, all right. Hawthorne playing Fremantle, 1.45 p.m. Saturday afternoon. Leroy Jones is going with Andy Hankwin. That's a very good one. Very good one. See, that's the sort of thing. Went on to I'm be going property for... steward. Okay, who are you going for? Craig Callahan. I don't Wasn't he an Adelaide player? Nope. Oh, that was... Uh, I don't even remember Craig Callahan. He was, was great. He came to St Kilda. He looked like one of the Hart brothers from wrestling. Is it being um, short and stocky? Yeah, and he, he ended up getting a bad injury um, back in the waffle. But he yeah, had that little sort of moustache like that. He, he came across the year that Hamill came, Capuano came. All right. Um, well, I've got, got okay. Gary I've, came. I've yep. got another. Um, oh, no, I don't want to give away my tip. But the player I'm going with also ended up at St Kilda fighting. Yes. Uh, and I, my tip for this game. Let me is, guess that. Can I guess before you say it? Yeah, as long as it doesn't take five minutes. Yeah. No, well, I'm trying to think. Okay, he ended up at St Kilda. Yeah. Um, he could be. You know, he came to St Kilda, but he in his last practice game did his knee and never played. It was Michael Moncrief, and I was there that day. He did his knee in a practice oh, yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, no. Who's ever played for St Kilda? He would have qualified. Yeah. Um, but I am going for. Mm, we had quite a few from. I know good that's a good suggestion, L. By the way, I'm not tipping yep. Frio, so I can say this. L yep. says Brad Bootsma. Very good. Another BB from that club. Yep. Um, right. Okay. Come on. Come on. I'm trying to look at that. Um, uh, so many players came and left from that team. I don't know. I, 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 can okay. you give me give me a position, and then I'll take uh, half back. A half-back flanker. Um, I'll give you another clue. Played yeah. in the grand final, but not played, a premiership. Played in a grand final. Not Peter Russo. He's not a double barrel. Um, um, Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Played in the grand final of the last 10 years. Oh, so he recently, I was going to get back too far. No. Recently, so he recently has, well, not recently, but he's, he came to St Kilda from Hawthorne um, in recent times. Um, oh, yes, Shade Savage. Correct. Well done. That's a good one. That's a tricky All one. Right. Doesn't sound the same. So, so we're both uh, tipping Hawthorne that game. No, no. Craig oh, Callahan sorry. No, you're tipping Fremantle. Sorry, Craig Callahan. Yep. So our tips are Craig Callahan and Shane Savage. Yep. Uh, now you get the drift. Uh, next yep. game on the agenda is this bloody AFL app. Jeez, I hate it. Uh, Carlton and Geelong at the MCG, 4.35 p.m. Saturday afternoon. Okay. By the way, I had... Uh, can I? Did I say this last Friday night? No, I didn't. So last Friday night, Geelong played, right? And um, we talked about the pronunciation of... Oh, no, I did mention it. Sorry. Just I don't I know Hamish McLaughlin won't be watching this, but if you're calling Geelong again Hamish, it's Max Holmes. It's not Max Holmes. It's Max Holmes. Okay, I had a long chat to I had a long chat to his mum during the week. 
And she was a bit miffed about that. She said, what's he, what's he doing? Anyway, all right. Um, okay, I presume you've got a tip ready to go in the Carlton Zalongo finding. Yeah, I'm going to go for um, Michael Mansfield. And he oh. played for both of them. Uh, <laughs> so I can't go okay. for it. Okay. Oh, damn it. Um, I just realised he played for both. I've got to think of somebody else. Okay, over to you and I'll come, come back to me. All right, well, I'm just going to... We've got some good suggestions coming in. Elle's very good. At, in, in fact, Elle says Rocco was right on the five minutes. Oh, yeah, for wedding finding. <laughs> so, um, some other suggestions. Uh, Callum Chambers, Luke Livingston, Mick Martin. Why? Mm. Uh, L Billy Brownless. Yeah, I, I want to come up with a, a more obscure one than that. Yep. Uh, um, I can think of one. Politician. Uh, Neil Trezise. Come <laughs> <laughs> uh, on, mate. You're in politics. Yeah. Zilligson. Say it again. Zilligson, is it called Zilligson? Z I I L Z I L I D J I A N. What's that? Oh, the um, oh, Damien Drum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's yeah. Okay. So Fanny's going going for Damien Drum. I'm still struggling. Jeez, uh, I shouldn't be. Um, Oh, come on. This is great viewing. <laughs> come on, you, you can, there's plenty. I oh, know, I'm, I'm just, I've got a bit of a blank. Uh, yeah, we'll get there. Ah, got one. Yes. Uh, George Ganinan. Well done. Uh, Geelong yeah. fall forward of a 1950. That's very good. See, that's great. It was worth the uh, Darren Prashino said he I, he meant Brian Brushfield. That bastard Brushfield. K Rock. Highest footy commentator ever. Uh, Serge Silvani, Mark McClure, uh, Pinnell. Kevin Kirkpatrick. Who's that? Played for Hawthorne. I don't know. Are you thinking of Glenn Kilpatrick? Oysters? Okay. Um, no, no. Uh, but Philip Pennell, you could have, if you're tipping Carlton. Anyhow, we move on. All right. We do move on. Not quickly enough, uh, but we do. Uh, next game is uh, Saturday evening at the Gabba, Brisbane, taking on St Kilda, 7.25pm. Who do you like in this one, finally? What a pity I'm not going for St Kilda. Do you know St Kilda has the only two players in the history of the game with the initials OO? I didn't know that. Otto O'Pelt yep. and Ozzie O'Connell. They also have the odd, one of the oddest named footballers of all time. Genuine name, Harry H. Horsnail. Of course. Who <laughs> Played by Groucho Marx. <laughs> what, which film was that? No, I'm saying he wasn't. There was a footballer for St Kilda called Harry H. Horsnail. Um, Leroy, um, Leroy Jones' suggestion for the Carlton's long game was shift to Sheehan. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So I'm going for in the Brisbane game. I'm going to go for uh, that would oh, be too L, easy. L's got a ripper. 
I'll tell you what, Al, we'll have to we'll have to catch up with you one day, Al, because your footy knowledge is just superb. Um, Al suggested it's a cracker. Uh, so what is it? Danny Dickfoss. That is a beauty. That's a very good one. Um, all right. Um, I'm going to go for... So I have to go for it. There's an obvious one. Interestingly, a player who I've umpired in two games of football because he played reserves for Ormond for two weeks. Now, Michael. Oh, now. Big now. Yeah. Well, Such well. a nice bloke. Such a nice bloke. And uh, he, he told me off in the game because it was really wet and I paid a mark that was sort of iffy. And he said to me, finally, I've won AFL premierships. You don't need to give me marks in the resis here, mate. Uh, yeah, still got a few now, Michael, stories. Uh, read the Australian International Rules Tour of Ireland in 2004. Um, one day I'll, I'll reveal them. Um, uh, oh, good. Super Coach Ed, good suggestion. Cedric Cox. Another good one, that one, isn't it? That's very yeah. good. Um, oh, good one. Thanks, 1138. Paul Pios. So this is robbing me. Yeah. My, uh, I've got to stop looking at them and come up with my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, uh, okay. Yes, yes. Come on. You've got to oh, get one here. I'm trying. Well, they've got a player from the Bulldogs. You can go him. Justin Sherman. No, champion player with the number in the 50s. Oh, Michael McLean. Yeah, again, yeah. I, I didn't think of him. Um, <laughs> that's true <laughs> you didn't you're going to have to build up your own oh, come on uh, yes come on um, look, what you're just looking them up you know, I am now you can use Michael McLean then um, no I want, I want a better one uh, how about I could have Dale Dixon yeah Dale Dixon that's right but um, I don't want it come on not <laughs> um, okay, I've got one. Fabian okay. Francis. There, that is good. Worth the wait. Uh, not really, because not at all. Worth me looking up on AFL tables. Yep. Uh, all right, so we're both uh, tipping Brisbane in that one, yep. and uh, we move to Sunday. Yes. Uh, and we have that <laughs> that uh, showpiece fixture of the weekend: GWS taking on Gold Coast. At Mars Stadium in Ballarat at 12.40 p.m. So up the road from Ballarat, Horsham is not a million miles away. Did you hear what the temperature was at Horsham overnight? Uh, minus two or Negative something. four. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets colder in Ballarat. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of crowd they get. Uh, yep. All right, so who do you like there? Okay, um, I'm going to go. Well, this will be a challenge. I'm going to go for Hattie um, Himmelberg. Good. Oh, that's a good kid. Good. It's like, oh my God, that's bastard. He's taken Harry Hibbleberg. How many more are there? Think, think, think. Yeah, I don't uh, think like this. I don't have this sort of rain manish sort of thing. Okay, well, that's why it's a fun segment to see you squirm. Um, Doesn't happen often. No, just every Friday. That oh, fun. yes. Yes, yes, very yes, good. Yes, but you can't use it because somebody sent it in. Pity. Uh, but it came from Earl. Earl's on fire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chad, um, Chad Corns. Oh, you know, you know what his real name is? Full name? Chadwick. Isn't it Chad Studley or something Chadley? No, no, it's Graham's middle name is Studley. Oh, okay. Graham oh. Studley Corns. 
Um, uh, Robert Rice has gone with Jesse Joyce, obviously tipping Gold Coast there. Gold Coast, yes. Yep, yep. Um, did Jesse Joyce ever hold up a train? I don't know. Hold like up a train, like... sorry. Yeah, 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 it does, yeah. It was Jesse James. Jesse James. Yes. Yeah, I'm Jesse Joyce of the Gold Coast game. <laughs> and, and the train driver <laughs> goes, just piss off. <laughs> they probably have to get there on the train. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like Zach Smith's riding along, he's dropped his gun. Like it's just a complete mayhem. <laughs> Zach Smith. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, the Gold Coast gang. We're going to get this over and done. I'm going to go with Chad Corns. It's, okay. not, it's not happening for me tonight. Okay, 3.20 p.m. Marvel Stadium on Sunday. Yep. We've still got 62 people watching this. Uh, Western <laughs> Bulldogs taking Western Bulldogs taking on Sydney at Marvel Stadium, three twenty p.m. Good game, Sunday mate. afternoon. Yeah, it's going to be a corker. What a game this is going to be. Okay, I'm going with Mike on McLean. <laughs> That's weak. No, no, Wrong. no. Okay, uh, I'm going for Kim Kershaw. Do you play senior footy with Footscray? Do you? Sydney, South Melbourne, didn't he? Kim, Kim Kershaw. Kershaw? You sure? Look at look it up. I reckon he played for Richmond and Hawthorne. I thought he, I, yeah, but I think he was at South Melbourne as well. I think his daughter's a model. Yeah, he certainly played for Williamstown. And yeah, I'm right, Viney, Richmond and Hawthorne. Okay, he was at South Melbourne, and and he has to, he, you know, he's got a business card that says no relation to Nick on it. That's all it says on the business card. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I tell you what, um, he was uh, he uh, when I was covering the VFA in 1985. He's a yeah. good player for Williamstown. Yeah. All right. So I'll, I'll come up with another one. Um, oh, L, you're looking them up, L. You got. Okay, I'm going to come. I'm coming up with another one. I'm going to go. Okay, for... I got one for you. My tip yep. is uh, Sadatsu. That's a beauty. Yeah, he was a beauty. That's from um, L. Got another I'm one going... from that era. Good one. Good player. We've talked about a bit fine. I'll give I'm going to go for, and I'm going to be really careful here because they're both correct, but one of them didn't play for them. I'm going to go for, oh, I've got to be careful. I said, I'm going to go for Barry Beecroft or Bob. I don't know. I've, one of them played for Southland, played for Fitzroy, didn't he? Didn't they? The, uh, correct. Be- I'm going be- be- oh, Barry. I think I'm pretty sure I know which one's which too. Um, I'm going to go Bob Beecroft for South Melbourne. And I think that's wrong. Oh, bastard. Um, I reckon uh, I'll look that up. Yeah, but then I've got to go again. All right. So now. Okay. In the meantime, I'll give you a clue. No, um, I don't need clues. I can, I'm going to do this all on my pep alone. I'll just cast my mind back. I'm going to go for Wade Walsh. Oh, very good. Yeah. You sort of don't remember him as a South Melbourne player, do you? Oh, yeah, definitely played for Richmond and South. He's a good wingman. Yep. Wasn't he? Wasn't he? he? Yep. So that's, uh, so you could have had Danny Delray. Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, Did you say, I'm sure it wasn't Barry, but I I reckon Barry Beecroft was the one that played for South and Bob played for Fitzgerald. Maybe, 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 maybe. Well, I'm looking it up. They were big kicks, weren't they, the Beecrofts? Yeah, they had big kick, big kicking boys. Yeah, I'm right. They're yeah, Bar- Barry at uh, South. Where were they from? Subiaco or something? Or... Uh, were they brothers? I guess they must have been sure. They weren't. They weren't sisters. 
Yeah, they were brothers, weren't they? The Beecroft brothers. Doesn't that sound like middle of the road -road music you'd avoid? (laughs) So Finey's going for Sydney. I am going for the Western Bulldogs. Uh, So one more game. What am I doing? One more game on Sunday. (laughs) Yep. In the uh, showpiece slot before 10pm. It is Collingwood taking on Richmond. Oh, that's a beauty. All right, I've got one. I'm Don't going with... Balls. <laughs> All right. Oh, there's you know, sorry, one. just quickly. I don't even know how I stumbled on it, but I went down the YouTube rabbit hole again late last yep. night yes. and ended up watching the last quarter of Essendon Richmond at Windy Hill from 1981 when Richmond were about 26 points up at three-quarter time and Essendon came storming home to win. Yep. And I was looking at the Richmond side and I thought they were the reigning premiers, but geez, that must have been a bit of a hole by that stage because they had, playing for them, they had uh, that day, they had Robert Simmons, they had um, number 12, what was his name? Um, Schaefer? No, no, this is in 1981. Okay, all right. Um, Oh, God, what was his name? They had the guy with the buzz cut, you know, Graham Robertson, he was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, it'll come to me. Hang on, um, number 12. He wore, I can see him running on the ground. Hang on, is he big or small? Uh, sort of medium size. Hang on, it, it's I'm gonna have it in a minute. It was Colin Waterson. Oh, I can't remember him. Matthew Wall, yep. Jeez, that was that was Michael Nugent, yep. Jesus, how'd they get 26 points in front of us? <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, well, so, uh, so who's your chip? Who are you going yeah. for? Uh, Come on, there's an obvious one. A champion who St Kilda rejected. Zone to St Kilda, came down, played an intra-club top to leave. George Gorozitis. Don't be stupid. Um, A superstar. Absolute okay, no, no, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me. Premiership champions, great player in the finals, truly emblematic of the era he played in. Jesus. Uh, I speak of none other than Wayne Sand. No, it's not Wayne Sand. St Kilda, got, did he play at St Kilda? No, 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 no. He oh, played okay. an intra-club. Uh, so you've got the a, a curveball I don't need. Okay, all right. But he's a premiership champion from the very era you were talking Bill about, Rowan. Bill Barrett. No. I'm going for Bill Barrett. No, it's William Barrett. Come on, get on with it. He was known as Bill. Oh, look at his look at his birth certificate. Get All right. Michael Malthouse. All right, fair enough. I'll pay that. I was thinking of Jim Jess. That's my pick. Well, see, I didn't know he was at St Kilda. Yeah. Uh, oh, two, good, two players good, we rejected. Good suggestion from our producer, Relton Roberts. Oh, yeah. Oh, Relton. Um, so two players that came to St Kilda played in a pre-season practice match and were both told to leave. Uh, Jim, Jim Jess and yeah. Stuart Gull. Oh, Stuart Gull. Okay. Yep. He's from around the Fam- area. Famous for beating the crap out of Ron Andrews. Possibly the only guy ever yeah, to it, do so. Yeah, it's funny that he's known as... Who was it? Like somebody like... Some, one of the real tough men of footy would always say, oh, he could handle himself, Stuart Gull. Very handy, they called him. Very handy, Stuart Gull. And then other people say, Stuart Gull, very successful real estate agent. And I always thought, that's what you want. That's how you want selling your house. Somebody can, you know, if it, if it gets down to it, somebody who can find his way through the sale. 
I'll tell you what, I reckon I'm on first name terms with virtually every real estate agent in Melbourne at the moment. Oh, how's, how's it going? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I've looked at a million places, can't find, uh, <laughs> can't find one too. Yep. Uh, I'm well, perhaps more on a, game Monday night. I might be, uh, might be a little bit um, picky. All right, last game, because we yep. have driven the audience down to 50-something now. Final game, Monday evening, Optus Stadium, 7.40pm, uh, West Coast, taking on North Melbourne. Okay. I'm no good at this game. Uh, this game. It's a known game. It's the famous game. You've got to be better at it. Um, I'm sure you can get one here. Uh, oh, of course. Of course. Shane Sakura. Thank you. Who was it? That said that? L, L. L again? Oh, there you go. I think L runs, um, runs AFL tables. Oh, well, I've got to come up with one still. Oh, going to one from Leroy it. Jones. Dean Dugda. Yeah. yeah. Now, I've got a play. A I've got no one. Sorry. David Dwyer, yep. but I'm not tipping North. Yeah, but not tipping North, are you? I've got <laughs> sure. a current player, but I don't want to use current players. Okay, so I've got another current. one for you for North yep. from Phil Van Dam. Yep. Galloping gasometer. No, that that's another <laughs> that's next. I need all the topics I can get. Don't ruin them. I um, did say Shane Sakura L. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Um Mark Miranda again. Well, they've got their best. They've got a star currently who's a double barrel. Oh, L's partner played against Shane Sakura. Okay. Well, I'm disappointed you've got a partner, L. I thought we were going to fall in love and elope somewhere and go and really? live in the grandstand at Waverley or something. I think the person that fell asleep on that couch on that pillow a couple of weeks ago wouldn't be happy to hear your plans. Ah, uh, sure, after watching. Think that was rubbish. Um, no, it's not rubbish. So obviously their first ruckman is a I could use Laurie Kane. Their current first ruckman. No, but he was their first ruckman. Yeah, yeah. Their current first ruckman. Their uh, their revolving door medical sub I could use. Oh, of course. Um, Jermaine Jones. Door. Oh, Jermaine Jones. Um, I thought he was a singer. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't Jermaine Jones? He's like um, he's cashing in on the Quincy Jones and the. Jackson family, just <laughs> yeah, throwing darts at the ball. Tell me, yeah. tell me, who honestly hasn't watched Jermaine Jones playing and immediately sort of stuck going, Don't stop the again enough. <laughs> I know that's not even Jermaine Jackson, but that's what comes <laughs> it's in not my even, head. It's not even Jermaine to the discussion. No, it could, it could be Jermaine Greer. She's a double barrel. <laughs> oh, no, she's, um, gone, she's gone all strange in her old age. Gone, she didn't have far to travel, but anywho, oh, she's so, one of the great thinkers of postmodern feminism, of course, of course, around you know, around the Hamlin Sickle class. Oh, sorry, can I tell this story? I've got to tell this story just before you. So, yeah, I didn't tell yes, you this, I didn't, I didn't tell you this. I did, yeah. um, I did a spot on 3AW on Tuesday night with Richard Grubby Stubbs, uh, really? it was like, yeah, news of a day, right. And uh, this time, last time I did it, it was the day they stormed the Capitol mm. and uh, Talkback got a little bit fiery because it's fair to say I wasn't to the taste of the audience. Anyway, I remember it because I, uh, didn't an old man ring you up and defend you? Correct, he did. And um, <laughs> this time there wasn't much politics discussed. So I thought, yeah. you know, it was all, all seemed to go pretty smoothly. So I thought, oh, that'd yeah, be yeah. all right. Anyway, the next day someone sent me a screenshot 
of a comment on a private Facebook group called yeah. Friends of 3AW. And someone had posted, uh, can't wait for Tom Elliott to come back. Boy, that Heidi Murphy's really irritating. Also, I can't believe that Grubby invited that Marxist greenie, Rowan Connolly, on the show on Tuesday night. I've never been described as a Marxist greenie before, so uh, I, yeah. I, I retweeted it. Yeah. You know what? I, I don't get involved in Facebook and Twitter and whatever. Um, I found something so offensive written about me or to me a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, oh, do where, I reply? Whereabouts? On Twitter? Yeah, I think Twitter. I thought, do I reply? Do I bother? Whatever. So do, what I need was to, it? do I need to explain on how many levels this annoyed me? We were talking about the passing of Edelston and we talked about his large vessel or whatever. And I, I, said, I said something like, well, you've got to give him credit for having a crack at things. You know, I mean, he certainly wasn't, he certainly wasn't constrained by common sense. You know, his imagination, and he did a lot of, he did, most of us just get out of bed and go through the motions. He certainly had a crack. And that's what I said. Yeah. And you know what somebody said on Twitter? Take your Jewish hat off, finally. Edelston was a crook. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Because does that mean, does that mean if, um, Rowan, if you defended, say, um, somebody came up at the tribunal this week and you said you thought he should get off, do I say that's you Christians just all, you know, sitting, getting together? And, you know, yeah, Jewish no, hat. Fair enough, fair enough. My Jewish hat. Is, uh, they talk about the actual Jewish hat. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but it's like... It's well, you like, should have done what I do, Fanny. Have it cracked back. And then yeah, but it. it's like how... People like that just think immediately in racial terms. He's a clue. He's a clue. They're all together. Really? No, that's, that's not good. All right, let's finish this off. Um, okay. So who so are you tipping? Nick, I'm tipping Nick Natanui. All right. I'm tipping someone I haven't thought of yet. Uh, let's not do this again. I'm hopeless. Um, Come on, you'll get it. I think I will. David Dench. No, you're not going for North. I'm not going for North. Um you have to give me a clue. All right, let's think of one. Um, if you're doing nicknames, you could go for, you know, Hedy's nickname. <laughs> well, speaking of which, Johnson Von Trapp just suggested Dirk Diggler from Boogie. Have you not seen Boogie Nights? Yeah, but didn't you say a footballer looked like Dirk Diggler back in the day? Was it? Or was it another point? No, no, it's Tom Byron. You know all the male. Porn star yeah. some, I, know the, I know the 1980s ones. I know yeah. the early 1980s ones. How do you Tom Byron, Tom Byron is Jamie Cripps. I'm surprised you recognise him by facial features. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen Jamie Cripps in the showers. Um, now, Tom Byron is one of the all-time greats of yeah, okay. adult film. Yeah. What, what was his specialty? I oh, played the young... He played... Uh, there's a... Uh, he played the young sort of impressional kid. He had a very youthful face. And uh, is so that what was... drew you to it? Uh, <laughs> oh, there's anything wrong with it? Go for it, mate. You know what the funny thing is? Like, the funny thing is that you sort of you watch one the first time, you think, oh, yeah. but I used to sort of there'd be a few of us and we'd watch them. We used to we used to love the dialogue and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. 
um, that was sort of like the high point of, of adult film as an artistic expression. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got that. Can I've you tell just story. give me a player so we can go? No, wait. Have I told you the story about when I was at SEN, I was there when they, um, Sexy Land started advertising and those guys came in and they gave us vouchers and that. And the big sale, the big spiel about Sexy Land when they started was it's not like the old, um, you know, dirty mags behind the curtain store. This is the big mega store. Oh, sexy um, reindeer. Yeah, it's a mega store. It's 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 light and and all the staff are completely comfortable with your inquiries. They're they're just normal people taking normal inquiries. And I took it upon myself because I had a few examples that when I'd go there, I'd ask questions that surely would make them blush, because you know you can't say that it's all just normal, right? So I went there, and there was a there was a DVD just near the checkout and there are quite a few people there now the check I went to the one in Hallam and the way the counter is set up it's a square Damon can we cut this bit it's a square yeah. with a big pillar in the middle so there's yeah. like four counters so one girl was working at one counter one was at another and when I got up to my counter I said um look I've grabbed backdoor bandits too but I tend to normally be very disappointed with sequels I, I is backdoor bandits Two going to be as good as the original. I found the original excellent, and then from behind the counter, this and this sort of a voice, but no person, just yelled out, "Pirates of the Caribbean Two was good." <laughs> I mean, I've got to say they were true to their. <laughs> she was just listening to the conversation and thought, really? "Yell out, Pirates of the Caribbean Two was good." While I'm talking about backdoor bandits, I mean it was. It's true. They really do keep the straight face there. Made it very normal. <laughs> uh, good to know. Do you remember the jingle I used to play on SEN every five minutes? What was it? Take me now, I killed yeah, yeah. man. Take me yeah. now, take me now, sexy land. Yeah. Except I, I never got the lyrics for the first couple of years. I thought she was saying, take me now or come in. And I was saying, well, it doesn't make sense. Um, like, do you remember the ad for... Um, Late night ad for uh, Strathfield Car Radio that no one's ever. It was driving and jive away, and everyone thought it was driving and drive away. So you yep. drive in and Dr see uh, drive away. This so does shit out. So I'm driving away. Again. <laughs> drive and get lost. Um, Give me a clue yeah. for West Coast player, quick. Oh, just on that sexy land thing. They, you know, they blow up dolls. They had a full male one in latex. Right. And I went up to the counter and I said. I really like that, but are the balls detachable because I like my men castrato? And she looked me straight in the face and she said, um, I can check with the warehouse. I thought, that is going to be, <laughs> hello, have we got model 3476? Haven't you seen uh, Woody Allen's Bananas? It's one of the great opening. Bananas is the one where Woody becomes a South American revolutionary, but he's also the same scene has Sylvester Stallone in his first ever film role as a subway thug, but Woody's yeah. in the newsagent and he wants to buy a porno mag and there's too many people in there and he's all yeah. embarrassed. So yeah. he senses an old woman looking over his shoulder. So he very sort of obviously goes, let's see, I'll take a copy of Harper's and Time yeah. magazine and New York review and, uh, I'll just take this and yep. puts it, slips it inside the paper and gets up to the counter and the guy's going $1.35. And 
Hey, Bob, how much is orgasm? This guy wants to buy a copy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, bananas that's, is great. Great move. Yeah. Okay. So we need a West Coast player. Very quickly. We've we still got watching. Uh, forty-six. We we, we have scared them off. Hey, they've they've all gone off to look up bananas. As you as you might know, if you know the great movie Twenty Four Hour Party People. I have Sex seen Pistol. it, but I can't remember. Sex Pistols' first concert. There are only forty-two people turned up. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so we've got a bigger crowd than them. Yeah, but. Have a look at the 42 people. Have a look at some of the people that were there. It's amazing. Elle says, how do we get to talking about sexy land or footyology? Elle, the answer is because this is footyology. That's um, what we do. All right. So how about you need a double barreler from West Coast? How about, double um, barrel. Now everything's going to sound like a double better. entendre. Um, how about... Um, I did say Shane Sakura, Elle, but it, it's got... Um, yeah. Uh, you haven't got one either. Well, I went Nick Nat Nui. Um, Paul says, Finey, pick a player so we can all go to bed. FFS. FFS. Um, Fabian Francis. No, that I know what FFS stands for. The middle okay, word. I've got one. Callum okay. Chambers. Pardon? Callum Chambers. Oh, yeah. He had that sort of funny long body, short, short of legs, longer body. Yeah, and ended up at Carlton too, I think. Yeah. All right, that's it. We're winding it up there. Go to bed, okay. everyone. All right. Um, no, wait, just wait till I sign off before you go to bed, Fanny. Uh thank you. Thanks, sure. everyone. Uh, we'll be doing the wrap-up of round 17. Uh, actually, this will be up as an audio podcast if you want to hear it again. What's the capital of sexy land? I know, I know it's I know the country is located on the Cape on the at Cape Horn. But what is the capital? Can we do this after we sign off? No, what's uh, the capital of sexy land? It's I don't a know. The country. I, I don't know, but um, you think on it. Uh, all right, so we'll be doing the podcast Sunday night, the review of round 17. This will be up as an audio podcast in case you need to subject it to anyone to it. Um, and uh, apart from that, uh, good luck, everyone. Hope your team has a win on the weekend. Actually, I don't care because my team's already had a win, so I'm quite happy with that. And uh, also, if you've got an answer for what is the capital of sexy land, just uh, drop us a note at Footyology and we'll get back to you. I, I know the, there's a, there's a uh, Okay, cap- now we've got one. We've got one. We've what? got a couple of suggestions. LJ yeah. Meyer says Phallic City and yeah. Johnson Von Trapp's gone with Longville. Yeah, I know there's a small town called Clitoris, but it's very hard to find. <laughs> very good. Very good. Uh, somewhere in the Greek islands. Yeah, I was thinking of that. Uh, the lost, the lost city of Clitoris. I'm going with Barumbut. <laughs> All right. On that suitably debauched note, uh, we, we bid you farewell. Have a good weekend, everyone. Bye.